Guys, Swing Space Radio episode 12. Dan Trainer here with William Leaf once again live from Jupiter, Florida. What's going on, guys? Today we're going to take you through the Arnold Palmer invitation. It was a fun weekend of golf with Francesco Molinari just going wild in round four to bring home, bring home the title. Uh, Rory kind of struggling at the end. Uh, you know, it was another solid week for our picks, so we'll go through that a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about TPC Sawgrass, another fun golf course, Players Championship. Some would call it the fifth major. I've actually seen a lot of like Twitter discussion about that this week, about the whole fifth major thing. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> Why? I don't. It's stupid. Like, okay, what constitutes a major? First of all, let's just have that discussion. Like, why? Why is it? I mean, it's a big deal. I think you get like, if you win this tournament, you get a five-year exemption on tour. Like, it's already pretty awesome. But like, why do we need to call it a major? Well, my opinion. So it's kind of funny that like, I would actually say, why is the PGA Championship a major? This is the strongest field in golf this week. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like, what what makes something a major? Like, we're yeah, just, we're just calling it a major. Like to me, the major thing is more about history than it is about like, oh, let's let's switch no, this that, around. It's like there's been four big golf tournaments historically. I would say that, yeah, you're probably right that this tournament with its field, and I was actually reading something too, where they're talking about like, okay, well, if the PGA Championship didn't add like fifteen or twenty spots for like club pros to play yeah. in it, it would also be super strong. Like it's also a super strong field. It's just watered For down sure. because they let these club pros play in it, which is actually kind of cool. So it's like I, I don't know. I look at that's, it. That's the thing. Like I, I guess when you kind of talk, I agree with you because each major kind of has their own identity. Where like the Masters isn't the strongest field, but it's cool because you get to see guys like uh, Gary Player like play until he's right old. Like. That's the cool part about that. You know what I mean? And, and obviously Augusta. I mean, the Masters is the course, right. Exactly. Um, and then you go to the U.S. Open, and it's like the hardest test, you know, and then the British, obviously, mm-hmm. and then the PGA, where it's like kind of our national, like, gives the the guys that work every day in the PGA program, like, a chance to yeah. to come out play with the guy. It, it, it all makes sense. This, the only reason why the players, I would say, is just strictly because, like, it is a major as far as like the field and um, you're on the same golf course every year. You know, it gives that type of major feel, but I'm with you. I guess the more you talk about that, it's like the majors are more about the history and the reason they're um, or the cool reasons that they are majors, you know? Yeah. And I just, I look at this golf course and it's a cool golf course, right? I mean, it's iconic with the 17th hole, which again, like if the wind isn't blowing, we're hitting wedges into a green. It's not that cool of a hole, honestly. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, yeah. so I just look at the, I look at the course and it's like, yeah, it's a cool course. Like I've never played it. I would have fun going down and playing it. I mean, there are some definitely sweet holes out there. Um, yeah. But it's not like the, on the, like if we had, if we had, if they seriously, if they looked at this as a fifth major and we said, yeah, this and Augusta are the two courses that on majors, we're just going to play this every single year. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, no, I agree you know. with you. And that's like, that's the thing about um, the players. If if you just said, okay, this is a major, I don't think it would change my interest in it at all. Right. So that, and that's kind of my thing about the discussion. It's just like a weird discussion to me. It's like, oh, we're just going to be out here 
calling something a major classifying it as a major it's like well okay cool. like i already think the players is a huge event you know what yeah, I mean? like it doesn't right. like and that's the thing it, it is it is it's got the biggest it's got the biggest purse in the history of golf this year so there's a ton of money is at it stake. really yeah, it's oh, the biggest. Cool. It's the biggest purse. I think it's like twelve point two million or something like that. Purse winner takes home two point two five. Like it's a That's big it. purse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Not a big deal. Uh, so it's it's a huge purse, and for winning, you get a five year exemption on tour. Like that's the thing. That's the big one right there. Like if who was it? It was Siwoo Kim. Ah, Kim won. Yeah, it's like I would at that point of his career. You could win the Masters, sure. and like that's amazing and everything. But like, dude, you just won the Players, and you got a five-year exemption on yeah. tour. Like, you have a job for the next five years. You have a job for five years. Absolutely. <laughs> and at that like, point in his career, it's like you don't get picky <laughs> about <laughs> what you're winning. Right. You know, right? Um, so, so I agree with you. No, that's a good. That's a good point. Anyway, I mean, it's cool. Uh, you know, we got Tiger back in action. We'll get into him in a little bit, but let's let's recap the Arnold Palmer. I mean, it was a. I loved how the golf course played. I love yeah. how firm it got, and um, that's why I, you know I talk a little bit about Rory's struggles on Sundays. He used to blow everyone away on Sundays, you know, and um, he's just been having a hard time in the past year or so. I mean, since he won at Bay Hill finishing off tournaments on Sundays. And I thought with how firm it got, I thought that was going to be a really good setup for Rory being able to hit it so high when he wants, you know, with long sure. and things like that. And Francesco Molinari, you'd be like, Oh, it's probably not to his advantage being a more short hitter, um, having a little bit longer clubs in, but off the tee, it helps him. But I thought Rory was really going to be able to execute on Sunday, but dude, Francesco shooting eight under in that final round was pretty nasty. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of what he did the year before, what Rory did the year before. Exactly. Like, what did what did Rory shoot on Sunday? Uh, I think it was sixty four. No, did it like it, this year. What did he? What oh, did he shoot? Um, I don't think he actually played terrible. No, he just doesn't do anything. No, and that's the thing is, like, he didn't play bad. But he it's kind of the yeah, it's, it's fine. But he didn't For do sure. what he did, and and Molinari did what he did the year before. He just yeah. blistered the. He just kind of ran away. Um, uh-huh. And obviously it was a little bit different, but I think Molinari ended up, he went by two. Um, like Rory's had a lot of his wins lately are from behind. Um, yeah. We're kind of remember when he was winning those majors, he would get out in front and he would oh, just yeah. like, it was the closest Rock thing we saw to Tiger, you know, yeah, as far as sure. like, oh my God, if he's in front, I don't know how we're going to gain strokes <laughs> right. on this guy. Um, right. But I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting thing. A guy that's playing so well and he's knocking on the door. I did hear an interview where he's actually working on that mental side of the game, the finishing, um, finishing rounds and staying patient and whatnot. Because I think, as most people do, you can kind of see he tries to force a little bit. You can even see with his speed, with his putts, like he'll have a 15 footer and he'll blow it by like five feet, six feet. And you're kind of like, how bad do you just want to make that birdie putt, you know? Um, For sure. And that's normal. I mean, that's part of our game. But um, it was a cool week. I, I love Bay Hill. I thought it was awesome to see the course play that firm, especially leading into the players here. Um, it's going to be – it's really cool to see where people's games are at on a legit, tough golf course. So let's get into kind of the quote. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. At least that, this is a very interesting quote. Um, 
it was Molinari that said it this week, wasn't right. he? Kind of after he won. Mm-hmm. Like, he just said, like, it's really hard to get 10% better in any one area of your game. But getting 1% better across the board is kind of what... Because, like, listen, I mean, this guy's been around for a while, but he was he's just kind of been a guy in the last like year and a half he's been awesome right yeah I mean, he just he's the guy that's always been so good but like hasn't done anything you know like, yeah, he just right. hasn't like got out of what he should um and yeah that i thought that quote was awesome because it's like people at home can use that <laughs> to their advantage right. because people do look at it as like hey i drive the ball terribly i have to become so much better at driving the golf ball it's like yeah no, if you become a little bit better at driving the golf ball, a little bit better at wedging the ball, and a little bit better at putting, it's actually going to complement your driving much more than hitting uh, 14 fairways and three putting six holes. But what's interesting <laughs> about that is just like understanding what getting a little bit better would mean, right? Because like you can be terrible at driving the ball, right? Yeah. And we all know that like in golf, right, you look at these guys week to week and it's kind of the same distribution as your 12 handicap mm-hmm. on the weekends, right? It's like, listen, your 12 handicap is going to be pumped when they shoot 79, right? And they're going to be pissed when they shoot, you know, 99. Yeah. But it's like the spreads are similar. You got guys coming out here shooting 18 under to win golf tournaments, but then you get, then they miss the cut two weeks later shooting plus two. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it's the same it's the same spread as guys. But think about think about how that works. If you're if you just get a little bit better, right? If you get a little bit dri- better driving the ball, you still have days right now as a 12 handicap or whoever out there that they drive it really well. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So like, you know, think of think of those days. You're still going to have it where you where you drive it bad, but if you're if you're just a little bit better, you're you're kind of bringing yourself up a slight level where your really good days, you're going to be mm-hmm. Uh, quite a bit better. It's not one percent better. It's a lot. Right. You know what For I mean? Sure. Like your yep. good days are going to be significantly better than your 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 good days used to be, mm-hmm. and your bad days are going to be a little less bad than they used it, to be. Well, wow. sure. so that's right. the thing is like you know, and if you think about all of the different parts of your game, and this is something that I you know really realized about myself playing. It's like okay, you go out there, and it's it's hard. It's it. It's kind of random when everything comes together in one day or Extreme one life. weekend. You know what I mean? And so, like, if you're just getting a little bit better in all areas and not just like, oh, I need to become a world-class driver of the golf ball and then everything will be fine. It's like, yeah. no, you just get a little bit better in everything. And guess what? The the weekends or the days where it all comes together is just going to happen a little bit more frequently, right? And if you're mm-hmm. a little bit better, when everything comes together, it just is – it's significantly – uh, it's, it's significantly better. You're going to play significantly and, better. And what you're explaining, I mean, then it comes down to like, that's the process to confidence. It's like you get that 1% yeah. better. Your bad gets a little bit less shitty. Yeah. <laughs> and right. your good gets uh, better. You know, and it's like, yeah. okay, well, I can't do as poorly as I used to. And now I have opportunity to take advantage when I'm on. And it's like, well, that just is going to help you with confidence in its own right. You know? Um, sure. And a thing about Molinari, this is what I thought was really cool. And with practice, what he and his mental coach does is they actually search for all of the uncomfortable situations. They try to make practice as difficult as possible. Um, And I think that comes to the 1% as well of like, hey, like 
it's not just technical. Like I also have to like situationally, you know, I think that's why he's finishing golf tournaments so well with the British playing with tiger, um, this week. Uh, and he was also crazy good at the Ryder cup. Like, I think just being used to getting uncomfortable and being okay with it and accepting that, you know, gives him that mental edge now that he used to not have, I think, because he's always been a good ball striker. Yep. Like it, that's not, it's not like there's been anything technically that's changed crazy. I mean, he has made, I talked about uh, his swing on Instagram a little bit that I'll, I'll uh, mention later, but that, that doesn't just make you win golf tournaments. You know what I'm saying? That can help you with that 1%, but getting yourself uncomfortable. I think people that practice for a short amount of time is, you know, try to get 1% better. Um, but also like be okay getting uncomfortable in practice. Yep. Push, kind of push your boundaries, you know? Yeah. So no, I think, I think that's a very interesting quote and I think it, you know, applies to everyone and it's a very interesting way just to look up. It's a very interesting way to look at getting better in general. Cause I think yeah, everyone's life. default is, Oh man, I'm so bad at this. I need to make this like I need to make this weakness my strength. And it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. But like, don't be out here thinking that you're gonna make a D, an A. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, okay, it's not well, necessary this, either. It's just not. It's just not like exactly. So yeah, that's interesting. So okay, let's let's talk about Tiger. Tiger yeah. is supposedly back. I mean. He won't tee off till tomorrow, so anything can happen. He could still drop out. But, um, you know, he's been seen kind of with a new putting coach working on some stuff, yeah. which which will be interesting to see how how that unfolds. He works with uh, Justin Thomas, and I was reading something about Justin Thomas just saying, like, he's just so this, – this coach, Matt Killen, is just so good at explaining things in so many different – he can explain the same thing in so many different ways. For right? sure. And, like – Again, you uh, doing some coaching as well. Like that's a very uh, like that's what it's about. You know what I mean? It's, it's being able to it's being able to take people uh, that all think differently and being able to get a similar point across to many different people the way that they feel or the way that they conceive of kind of a problem. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's about getting it. You know, taking a complex idea and putting it into um, a way that is applicable for that person specifically. Like, sure, sure, they can understand the concept, and that's half the battle, but then they have to be able to apply it, and it has to make sense into their feel. And, I mean, if he does that uh, so well, and I've heard nothing but good things. Like you said, Justin Thomas has worked with them, I think, since he was, like, eight (laughs) or something. I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah, it's been a long time. And um, it's just pretty... It's pretty cool to see Tiger, I think, being a little bit more open-minded and not being scared to, like, he knew. He was on the back of the range or whatever on the putting green. He knew someone's going to get that video footage and and put that out there. And in the past, you know, he tried to keep everything so quiet, you know, about that stuff. And I don't know. I I hope that's that's kind of a, a trend because I like seeing Tiger just not really caring as much about the public and just... Hey, it's what I need to do right now. I'm going to do it for sure. So yeah, I do get, I do get scared though. Anytime he says he's injured, like he says this neck thing's nothing, but it's like, he always says that too. He tied it with the surgery. He tied it together with the surgery. Like the neck thing is kind of a, I don't even want to say side effect, but it's related to the surgery, right? It's not as, he says it's not his back. He says it's not this, but he always uh, says that though. I he know. Always says that's how it always starts. It's like it's not this. I'm fine. Like I'm ready to go. And then two days. That's later, his tendency. His tendency yeah. is I'm fine. And uh, yeah. 
but mm. we'll see. It just makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, it would be sad to see. <laughs> this, <laughs> it would be sad to see this all fall apart because it has been so promising over the last year. Um, but yeah, so TPC Sawgrass, par seventy-two. It's going to play about uh, twenty or seventy-two hundred yards this week. Uh, you know, it's interesting as I was doing kind of my research into the guys that I want in our head-to-head this week. You know, Webb Simpson won it last year by four. Yeah. Um, and he made a double on the 72nd hole. Like <laughs> yeah. that guy, and he, and I was, I was kind of looking at some of his stats from last year his and point. he was dead fucking last in driving distance Yeah. on this course last year. First in accuracy. But I mean, here, here's the thing. And that's going to go into one of the guys that I'm going to take later, but he also gained nine strokes on the greens. So like he made everything that he saw. It was like the third round. He gained like 22 strokes on the field. I think it was. <laughs> it was around. It was insane. It was like I, that was when he made like three putts from off the green. Like it was, yeah. it was comical. But <laughs> um, so it's yeah. a ball striking course. I mean, that, the thing is, is like it's a ball striking course. It's less. It's less like Bay Hill where you can just kind of hit it. Yeah. Anywhere you got to be a lot more precise here. Uh, the greens are small. You can't miss a whole lot going into the greens, and if you do, scrambling is going to come into play. Guys with good short games are going to come into play. Uh, everyone kind of thinks of hole 17 with the water uh, surrounding the green, but really it's it's, it's it, the course, small greens, uh, hitting the fairways. It's going to be interesting kind of as the week goes on with, with the weather. Like, uh-huh. you know, it's going to be nice-ish on Thursday and Friday, a little bit windy, a little breezy. But then Saturday, Sunday, like, it's going to get chillier. It's going to probably rain a little bit this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the, and so the course is going to be a little wetter. And that, that'll be the interesting thing just from, I feel like this course is always fairly dry mm-hmm. when they had the tournament later in the year. And now moving it early maybe softens up the course, maybe even makes it a little harder. Last year, they set the record. Uh, Webb Simpson, I think, to set the record for scoring yeah. uh, on the course just overall. Like it was the lowest score to par that yeah. had ever won this, won this golf tournament. Well, and so Tiger, had a, and Tiger had a massive weekend last year here. Um, yeah. He got like really hot. I forget his uh, two scores, but he had a really good weekend. And um, to your point, the scoring, and if it's softer, well, Tiger loves to hit the bullet three wood bullet two iron yep. off the tee. Um, and last year I do remember it was, it was firm enough. And um, if it is softer this year, it's going to be interest, interesting. And I think that's a big reason why I picked the guys that I did for, sure. for all the listeners, because I feel that they're guys that can, are going to be able to play well, regardless of what the weather is, where um, some other guys might, yeah, like take advantage, right. If it's softer or if it's really firm, um, but vice versa might be in a, a weaker spot due to weather. But um, no, you're right. It, and the rain, the rain's going to be, when I was looking, it was really spotty, which also can be worse at times of yeah. like, uh, at least if you know, you wake up like, Hey man, we're all playing in the rain today. Like, yeah. let's get ready for this. But I don't want to be on hole six and playing really nice or even grinding and then realizing, oh, shoot, I'm, it's going to be really hard to get those early bogeys back. Well, it'll just be an interesting week because, again, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I think it was at the Genesis Open where Riviera. it was just so yeah, it was just a weird week. Like different guys got different courses all week long. And yeah. so hopefully we won't have another, uh, you know, a week like that 
but like I said, it shouldn't you know it shouldn't rain Thursday, Friday, so it's not going to be kind of a grind all week. The weekend right. will be interesting, which kind of could be fun. It could make the weekend a little bit more fun too. I agree. Uh, so let's hop into our picks, our favorites for the week. Lead it off, Francesco Molinari coming off the dub, twenty three to one. Top ten, he's plus three ten. Top five is plus five seventy five. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, it's a good pick coming off this play at Bay Hill. Um, a big reason why I'm picking him, I, I liked him even before the Arnold Palmer. Um, and not necessarily him, but his game. Like someone with his type of game. And TPC fits him much better than Bay Hill even does. <laughs> um, but what I was talking about earlier with his golf swing, he started to, he's a shorter hitter. He started to lift up his left heel, the old school move in his backswing. And I made a post on swing space Instagram about this. Um, cause I was keeping an eye on him throughout the year until the British. And, uh, it's really helped him control his pivot. Um, being a shorter hitter, you can tell that, um, each time I see him play, his pivot is so smooth. It's the smoothest that there is out there. And, um, it's helped him take his game to the next level combined with that mental stuff we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and at Bay Hill, I mean, his irons, he just doesn't really miss. Like, And they talk about Henrik Stenson when you hear the sound of the ball when, when Henrik Stenson hits it, you know, with his irons. Um, Francesco Molinari is the same way. Like, you hear all these stories about how this guy just wears out the middle of a, the club yeah. face. And at Bay Hill, like I said, if he was there was a few holes where he was so, so far back in relation to where guys like Rory are hitting it. Um, but he's sitting there with a five iron and he just flags it. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. it's just so impressive. And on greens that are so firm, um, it, he was just at such a disadvantage, it felt like. But he he made everything work. Uh, and that's why I just think his grit, you know, his ability to adapt to golf courses. And he, he I feel like he can play everywhere versus being a guy that, um, can play only one type of golf course. So Francesco sure. Molinari, he obviously he has momentum. He's not going to be tired because he just came back on Sunday and won. Um, you know, for the first nine holes, I'm sure he was just um, kind of out there freewheeling it. You know, it didn't take a lot of, um, he's probably not too exhausted, you know, versus leading each and every, sleeping on a lead each and every night. So yeah. uh, I think he'll be ready to go and take advantage of the players. Good stuff. I probably won't be putting any money on that. Just the odds are too, uh, too short for me. But uh, I like it. I like the pick. Uh, I, I like him playing well this week too. So next guy is Paul Casey. He's forty-six to one to win, uh, plus four sixty to take the top ten, and plus nine fifty to get up in the top five. Yeah. So if you don't feel like you want to put money on Francesco, then this is kind of a good replacement one in my opinion because it's a similar type game. Um, he's so solid. He's been putting. Not great, but he does, he's not a bad putter, you know, overall, like in his career. He's it, putting, you don't see Paul Casey, you know, like, oh man, only if he could putt. It's like, no, he's fine. Yeah. It's, um, but he's always a good ball striker. He's, he's got a really good attitude. Um, it's kind of a weird thing. Like, you don't hear many people talk about this, but I actually love his caddy and player relationship he has with his caddy. I have caught him, like, when they're mic'd up. <laughs> they were like talking about something or his caddy gave a wrong yardage and like Bubba gets so mad at his caddy. Paul Casey was like dying laughing coming down the fairway. And it's like, (laughs) obviously like if you're doing that, you're in some sort of 
good me- like i feel like if you and i yeah. are playing and you're kidding me that's kind of something we would do and like sure. it, it would roll off and you'd get right back to what you're doing and to me that's a big big deal especially at a play place like tpc where patience and strategy is very key um and just staying within yourself so ball striking is his advantage out here um he's got a really strong flight and if the winds come up um that won't be an issue i just think that um, his similar play to Molinari, it just fits really well this week. And with some better odds, 46 to 1. For sure. So I, I really like the top 10 odds there as well. Sure. It's a little better than than Molinari's. Um, that's probably something I'll be sp- sprinkling a little money on. The next guy, he's a weird one. I mean, he, yeah. I, I like him this week for sure. And he's been a guy that um, I've seen a lot a lot of a lot of commentary on this week, but Ian Poulter, fifty to one to win the golf tournament, top ten. Uh, he's five to one ish, top five, twelve to one. Yeah, that's on Ian. Ian is a weird one. It's even kind of weird when I'm typing it in there because right. I'm, not, I'm not like some big Ian Poulter fan. I actually like feel like he's a guy. Well, he has been in the past. It's all been on his putting. And mental game. Like, he is pretty gutsy. He's pretty, he likes the big moment, but he never would really get in the big moment in stroke play because he couldn't hit it well enough for four days. That's why he loved match play. You know, it's like he could yep. get away with that stuff and then his putter would take over and he loves the moment. So, uh, but it's funny because his game has really flip flopped. He's not putting poorly, he's almost level in strokes gained. Um, but he's been in contention a lot and he's had a lot of good finishes and that's due to his ball striking. So I'm not really worried about his putter. Um, it's going to get hot and he's going to have that one week. If he keeps this up all year, he will win because when that putter gets hot, he'll take advantage of it. Cause he loves that moment, you know, coming down the stretch and having mm-hmm, a chance. Sure. And I think the players is something that will get him excited. Uh, and he'll start to make some putts. And that's why I, I actually related him a little bit to Webb Simpson where you know, he's not going to bomb it. Um, he's hitting it well. I can see him hitting a lot of fairways. And if his putter does wake up, the same thing that happened to Webb Simpson last year. Like you mentioned, he was dead last in driving distance. He hit it straight and he made a buttload of putts. And mm-hmm. that's Ian Poulter's MO in his whole career. Um, now added with a little confidence, obviously, from a ball striking standpoint, top 10 um, is a really good one. I mean, top five even... At plus twelve is is something I would I would look into, but I could see him, you know, really taking advantage. He of He plays week. well here too. He plays well yeah. here, and that's kind of part of the thing. Is like, again, it's exactly it does fit the Webb Simpson mold from last year, and he he likes the course, so uh, I, I do like that pick actually a lot too. Uh, the next guy, I don't think anyone <laughs> needs any introduction. This is getting. Kind of I almost old. I don't even know if you'd really even, I don't even know if you need to really go deep into it. I Charles Howell the third, seventy to one to win the golf tournament, seven to one top ten, sixteen to one top five. Those are good. I mean, again, it's like the guy all he does is cash checks. He really that's really it's unbelievable. <laughs> so it's unbelievable good. that his odds are there, honestly. I know. Like he's a guy that like it's only a matter of time before he wins again. Like top ten though and top five, like right. That's what I mean. He has like, better it's, top it's, five it than free, it seems like free money than in Ian the top Poulter. 10, seven to one. Yeah, he has better odds than Ian Poulter. And this dude like lives between like fourth place and twentieth. <laughs> yeah. 
Like I know. he could easily like he's three birdies away from winning and like <laughs> right. uh, at certain times in his round. But yeah, just some updated stats with him. He has the most rounds in the 60 this year with 30 already. Um, and the thing that I saw at Bale was not he drove the ball so well. Um, his irons are always really good. Uh, he drives it well enough always, but like this was crazy. I was watching his shot tracer and I played the golf course and hole 13 is a short par four. Um, you know that most people hit three iron off of or like a, a hybrid or a three wood. Um, and he was sitting there making a decision with his caddy and I heard him say, he's like, I'm on a string right now. Give me driver. And he busts it to the edge of the fairway like three days in a row. Um, like just short of the water <laughs> and like <laughs> just flips a wedge on and like, and then on hole 18, you know how that hole, the water is on the right. Well, with how firm it was, like Rory's hitting three wood because if he smokes one down the right center of the fairway, it could get into that rough yep. or even water. Then there's a little like highway wide alley up the left, you know, to the green. Well, Charles took driver, hit it 344 yards in that alley on <laughs> Saturday, I think it was. And it's just like, I don't know. He's just so, I love him so much. He, he he has so much feel for where his game's at in the moment and can trust it. So top 10 is, I don't know, it just seems like free money for me every week. I never feel guilty putting some money on him <laughs> to finish top 10. Well, and it seems like, again, the course, you, ball striking, greens, fairways, like this is an important week for it. And he just doesn't you know, get frazzled either. No, like, it's just on a course like that, it just doesn't seem like you can go wrong by sprinkling a little bit of money on that top 10. Right. And again, it's 70 to one to win. Like I know it's a strong field, but shit, like <laughs> if you're you not play this, you off. play this tournament 70 times with the way the guy that's been playing, but the way he's been driving it, like you said, like, is he going to win two times out of 70? Probably. Probably. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's probably more than one, right? So it's like, okay, yeah. it's worth sprinkling a little bit on that too. I don't know. I like that one quite a bit too. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's so fun to, to gamble on because it's like, he's the one guy that I feel like even if he goes to shoot 73 the first round, I'm kind of like, ah, like he'll sneak yeah. his way back somehow. <laughs> so dark horse guys, Brian Gay, the first one up 300 to one. 23 to 1 to be in the top 10, 56 to 1 to be in the top 5. Give me your insight. I'm going off of actually now a comment you mentioned earlier about Webb Simpson. Shortest driver in the field last year, the most accurate. Well, this guy, I'm pretty sure, can pick which fairway stripe he wants to hit on the fairway. Uh, he hits it yep. so straight. He's not long uh, at all, obviously, but he's always a good putter. I think he's second right now in um, strokes gained putting on tour. And that's not a fluke because he sits there each and every year. Um, his iron play has been below average for sure. Uh, but that also, I don't know if that's attested to the courses he's been playing with his length. Like he might not be actually swinging it that bad, but you know, maybe he's just playing some courses that he didn't feel he could take advantage with. Right. Like he's not as good an iron player as Francesco Molinari. So if he's hitting five irons in, like yeah. he can do it, but he's not as reliable. Um, but when you get to a place like this, if he has a seven iron in, even at the players, like he's going to be good. And his coach, Joe Mayo is down at the players this week. I'm sure they're putting in a lot of good work. Um, and he's, I mean, he's 47 years old, man. Like he's, he's not going to be panicking about anything he's played this type of golf game short and straight and good putter for his whole career um i'm sure he's not worried that he's not striping his irons you know so yep. at a guy 301 on this golf course 
where short hitters can have a lot of success and good putters. This is kind of your MO. You know, he's the yep. model, I guess, for a guy that's going to get the most out of it with that type of game. Yeah, a little sprinkle on 301, a little sprinkle on 23 to 1 in the top 10. I like that one too. Next guy, Kevin Kisner, 71 to 1, top 10 at uh, 9.5 to 1, top 5, 21 to 1. I just love this guy because his honesty and he's he's from uh georgia and he's got that like kind of this i don't know the carefree attitude and he's told us i think i saw an interview every major they were talking about in a podcast like every major venue this year he's like yeah i have no chance at any of them like the masters (laughs) is too long this one's like you know i can't play in the way or i don't know what it was exactly but it was hilarious and he uh he's had a lot of success here almost winning the players a few years ago um so he'd probably look at you and be like, yeah, I can win here. You know, yeah. his honest attitude. Um, and really his strokes gained are pretty solid. Uh, he's not doing anything too poorly right now. He's a really good putter and usually drives the ball very straight. He built some momentum last week, I think, with his golf swing um, with John Tillery. And John Tillery went down to the players um, this week and is with him. I saw a driver video. It looked really, really nice. Um, so mixing good technique with his coach with uh, – some good feelings out here uh, and his realistic attitude. You always got to like that um, when you're trying to <laughs> trying to find out who's ready or not, because obviously he knows he can play here and I'm sure he's not um, fretting it too much, but he'll also tell you if he feels like he has no chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like his, it, I agree with you. It's funny that. Uh, That's why again, he's good. Like, down the right. Like, Cause yeah. it's just like, this is where like, I'm whatever. at. Playing with house money at this point, like someone asked yeah. him, "Are you scared of Dustin Johnson or whatever?" And he like just laughed at them in the media. In the media, he's <laughs> like, what do you "Mean? Am I scared of Dustin Johnson?" Like, right. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But yeah, I like. I mean, I like that guy. He's, he's a funny guy. Funny guy. It's and, kind of uh, a kind of a weird lineup, I guess, this week of picks. I mean, it's a little bit different. Um, yep. Especially from an odd standpoint, like sure, you can go pick your Jason Days and. And Ricky Fowler's and stuff, like I'm sure they'll all have solid weeks, but um, I just think this is a good week where you can really um, try to find that that hidden gem, kind of that Webb Simpson of last year. So let's get into finding some of these hidden gems. Give you an update, everyone, on the season-long leaderboard. Your boy still up 20 to 17. We had a split last week, two to two. Uh, oh, Bryson, Bryson DeChambeau and Justin Rose both played kind of shitty and uh, you know, Bryson beat beat him, beat uh, Justin Rose. So I'll take it. Uh, Charles Howell beating Luke List, and actually Luke List, kind of, I won money on Luke List this this week, uh, taking a top ten. But Charles Howell just cash and checks, cash and checks, dude. And then like, what was the third tier? Who was in the third tier? Barn Rat versus Patrick Rogers. Yeah, this one was a good one. Like. Barn Patrick Rogers was playing. He was hanging around all week. You know, I was yep. looking at like he could go a top ten. He didn't really do anything on the weekend. Um, even where he finished, you know, he shot two over the final round, but it was much closer than that because Barnrat. Uh, he was frustrating. Kind of like, they were going like they they were just kind of hanging around each other, and he made the move. But yeah, Barnrat. I think Barnrat was playing really well, and I think even on Saturday he was like he birdied sixteen maybe to get to like seven under. And then I, I was, wasn't was watching anymore, and I'm like, okay, he's got himself a chance on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's going to go out there, shoot four under, and he's going to be right in this thing. 
And uh, then he proceeded. I'm not even sure how he finished. I, I still haven't figured out how he finished. But I think he was like, it was, it was at seven. And then he, yeah, all no, of a sudden, he, I looked at it the next day before everyone teed off. And he was minus four. It's like, oh, what'd yeah, you do? No, guy? he was like, um, I because I texted you, it was like his last five holes. He was like, bogey, birdie, bogey, bogey, birdie, double or something. He went from like four under on the round to even. Um yeah, in, in some fashion of that way, in the matter of like six holes. <laughs> so yeah, I was really feeling good about that. I saw him make that birdie, kind of uh, spun one in, using yeah. all of the hole, and then uh, fell apart on right. Saturday. And I think he was like one under or something like that on Sunday. So it wouldn't have yeah. mattered anyway. But uh, maybe could have got me some more top ten money. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so and then uh, Sam Ryder beat Bronson Burgoon. Mm-hmm. I had a good, I had a good uh, top ten last week. I forgot to talk about Sung J M. Remember yeah. we picked him on yep. the S, and he he finished third and he punched a ticket to the um, British Open. Uh, so he he really is like the real deal. I keep you know talking about him and his technique and stuff. He's a guy to watch. Even this week at the Players, who knows? Yeah. So I'll let you go first this uh-huh. week, even though he split it. But go ahead. You alluded to it earlier. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> LT Gray baby. I'm taking an injured Tiger Woods. <laughs> that is strictly from the heart. Uh, yeah, that is. You could have Dustin Johnson. You could have Rory. You could have Justin Rose, Brooks, Kapka, Molinari. Okay. I'm taking him. Relax. Tiger. Well, you know, working with his putting coach, maybe he can make some putts this week. I don't know. Yeah, as long as his head doesn't fall off. With That's kind of us thinking. It's like he might be under the knife, though, next week. So who really <laughs> knows what's going to happen? For sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Justin Thomas. So, I mean, listen, I don't have to get too deep into it. Uh, always a lot, of, a lot of stuff to like with this guy. He's first in strokes gain approach this year, second tee to green, first in scoring average, first in birding average, uh, sixth in greens in regulation, hasn't had a miscut all year. Uh, out of the eight tournaments he's played, he's been six top 25s. He hasn't won this week. I think he gets it done this week. You know, he averages 5.1 birdies or eagles per round since 2010 at this course, which is the most. I think it's like a half, uh, half of a birdie or eagle more than the next closest guy. Like, he lights this course on fire from from getting below par, right? Um, he hasn't turned it into a win yet. He was tied for 11th last year, tied for third in 2016. Uh, like I said, he hasn't won this year. I think I think he gets it done though this week. Yeah, I mean he's always solid, right? You can't really. I was once. On as, it was as soon as he learned how to play the off-speed game, like flighted shots, off-speed wedges. Yeah. He just became so good week in and week out. He used to just hit yeah. it to the moon every time. You know what I mean? He's like he just blast it. Now he's just he's got everything. He can play anywhere. You go. So. Tier two, Lucas Glover. I've been on this guy for the last few weeks, and he's made me some money. He's got three straight top tens, and I've got money on him every single week in that top ten. So he's returned a little bit of cash. Um, this year, he's eight for nine, making top 25. He's been really good all around. He's six in total strokes gained. Um, I see it continuing this week. He's going to cash another check. I, I look, look at it from tier two, guys. Like If I can get a top ten out of that tier two, Mm-hmm. I, I feel really good. Yeah. I mean, Lucas Glover, too, you're you're talking about a guy who was down in the dumps for years. It's like he's got to yeah. feel so excited to go to the golf course right now. Yeah. 
just to compete. Like you could see it at the end of the Honda when he made a couple putts to finish. He was like big fist pumps. And he's usually a guy that's pretty calm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that's probably all that hard work's coming out, which I was, I think that's awesome. I respect that a lot. Um, well, I'm going with Paul Casey. One of the picks I had up there. I mean, his stats, his ball striking stats take care of itself. You know, he's a 11th in driving accuracy, uh, 11th in greens and regulation percentage, first in eagles. Uh, he makes an eagle every 60 holes, which is actually kind of pretty crazy stat to me. Like 60 holes, like I don't, like yeah, an eagle is kind of hard to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's 49th in birdie average um, and 20th, 22nd in scoring average. So it's a guy that just hits it. Well, week in and week out, um, and putting, he's he's somewhat streaky right now. So just looking to hopefully catch a, a hot week with the putter, and he'll be there. And have, I think he'll have a chance to win. Yeah, I like it. I mean, we talked about him before. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good pick. Go ahead. What's your next guy? Um, taking Brandon Grace. Uh, he's definitely ruined your life a few times, so just kind of <laughs> want to go back with that one more time. I have one tier three winner this year um, with Keith Mitchell getting it done, getting an actual tournament win. So uh, Brandon Grace seems like the guy then your other hatred to do that to you again, Um, especially versus the grandpa that you chose. But um, (laughs) Brandon Grace, let me give you a little reasoning behind this guy. So he hits it well week in and week out. He's a major championship type player. Um, He's contended quite often. And usually one of his strengths is putting. Um, but right now he's 150th um, in strokes gained putting, uh, but he's hitting it better this year. But if I, I think that's a fluke because if you uh, looked at his strokes gained in 2018, he was actually 30th in putting. Um, obviously, he's a good putter. He's he's doing something right now. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's physical um, that he just hasn't made any putts. But another weird thing is he's made a lot. <laughs> he's been horrible like from within 10 feet but he's made a bunch of 25 footers. So mm. like, I, I seems I like something to bet on continuing. Yeah, for sure. But if he makes a bunch of 25 footers out here, like that's what Webb did. Um, so I don't know. I think that he'll figure it out. Like he's not a guy that's been, had putting woes for years like Lucas Glover did, but um, he'll be, he'll be fine and he'll get it back for sure. And hopefully this okay. is. So you alluded to it. I got grandpa, Jim Furyk. <laughs> Grandpa Jim, dude, where's he? We doing? talked about we talked about it earlier in the in the podcast, but Webb Simpson last year, dead effing last in distance, first in accuracy. Um, Burek is number one on tour in driving accuracy this year. You know, he's another guy that doesn't hit it anywhere, What's but he's hitting the fairway. <laughs> uh, it's actually fairly big. I think he's played in like six or seven tournaments. Um, he. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised too. He's thirty or 32nd in total strokes gain. Last third, uh, last three tournaments, his putting has actually trended up. He started the started the year. I think his first two tournaments he was horrific putting. Uh, I think he was lost like three strokes in the first turn, two tournaments on the green. He's getting old, man. He's losing that nerve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> last last three tournaments he's been trending up. Uh, again, tier three. You get lucky and get a winner every once in a while out of here, and I'm just looking for top tens. So, <laughs> Jim Burek. He's Jim just Burek. looking for this guy to not be in his coffin by Saturday. <laughs> Jim Burek, again, if, he's, if, there's, if there's a guy that fits uh, fits the trend, 
He's played the course a ton. He's played out here a ton. Um, right. I like him. I like him. I respect it. I respect it. Let's go down for the I'm excited. The most important part of the day. I'm excited. We got We're people finally, coming out of retirement. We are finally getting the OG Dust Bowl matchup everyone has been waiting for. <laughs> Roy Mary. Coming off of surgery. So he had kind of a goofy thing last year where, like, he won and then he had to go have surgery to remove some blood clots from his arm and from his chest. Um, And so he played this year. He's played a couple tournaments, but he hasn't played since uh, Hawaii where he played both in the tournament champions and um, over at the Sony. But he went and got the the top rib. I think it was on his right Mm -hmm. side. The top rib removed because I think that had played something into, you know, causing some blood clots. Um, and so just getting that yeah. turn is, I guess. To I, I wish I could can... give you guys a true uh, expert opinion on how you play golf without your rib and what it feels like after, but I got nothing. So no. this guy might feel miserable out there. But again, like he said, it's interesting. Like I think that, you know, a lot of uh, MLB pitchers, uh, have this happen too, where the ribs pinch on your, I guess it'd be your arteries and cause blood clots kind of in your shoulder. Um, and so a lot of times uh, pitchers have that rib removed and usually it takes about three months to recover. Um, but I think Troy, he said that, or at least I think I was reading something about his doctor was saying he was like he had the surgery in the middle of the week. He was already starting rehab that Friday was pitching a few weeks later. Like, it seems mm-hmm. like it's a, a fairly fast recovery from something that, I mean, doesn't get a rib sawed off. Like, it doesn't sound that long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know. So, but, and, and welcome back, Young thing- King, to the Dust Bowl. He's actually been playing pretty well, dude. Like, that was the thing. is Before he went out, he was actually playing decent. Like, he played decent at the tournament champions. He was, like, 15th place there. Uh, had taken a, a fourth place, I think, back in October. Yeah. Uh, didn't play great at Sony, but, you know, when your ribs are rubbing against your arteries, I think it's probably <laughs> fairly difficult to play golf. Well, uh, and the thing is, is, like, he's never rely- he never relies on his ball striking. So even if he's in a little pain or whatever, yeah. like, it comes down to a short game, and he's got a really good mind. So, um, you know, if you're taking a guy, like, uh, who's just a freak with ball striking and can't putt, it's like, well, if he's hurt, I don't really want anything to do with him. But Yeah, he puts it well. He's got a good short game. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to make a whole lot of excuses because the first time that we have Ted Potter versus Troy Merritt, you know where we're going. <laughs> you know where we're going. Teddy P's back. And <laughs> I just got to, like, I wish I could just look at Ted Potter and be like, dude, you're letting a guy who just got his ribs sawed off have better odds than you his first time back. Like, w- like what is that? I, I don't get it, but... Once again, I'm at a disadvantage. I'm at a disadvantage. Teddy P must have had two ribs removed, but um, <laughs> he isn't good. He's not very good. But when he gets on his technique, I do like his golf swing. If anyone wants to go look at his golf swing, it's actually pretty good. It looks goofy, but he does a lot of good things. So when it's time when he's when he's hitting it well and feeling good, he can he can flat out play. But um, there are two types of different players. I think Troy's more of the gutsy. Um, where would we go to even find him? What is Ted Potter Jr.? They should yeah, have. Do they? Do they? Does he actually ever get on TV? Do they ever actually show him swinging the golf club? Um. Well, 
maybe to talk about what he looks like because he's the funniest looking dude I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. But <laughs> it makes it just that much better. Um, well, I was just looking here, and his last three tournaments, it's not he's good. opened with an 80 or worse twice. So, I'm aware. I mean, you know, that's good. I'm aware. Like, it's really, it's not like I can sit here and be like, yeah, he's trending in the right direction. He went off a straight cliff because he was playing well earlier in the year and then just poof. He, he just, won one last year, too, didn't he? Like, yeah, he yeah, won dude, at like, AT&T last year. Yeah. And then this year, he just, he didn't win. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> not even close. But he almost won. Uh, this year, he started with an 82. So, right. Like, I'm not sure he would even have made our high school varsity team. No, I'm obviously joking. He uh, finished 13th at the Sony Open, shooting 66, 65, 68. Missed the cut, missed the cut, just got into the, I don't know. He just decided to love shooting in the 80s. But (laughs) at least at AT AT&T, he was really trending in the right direction, shooting 82 the first round, following up with a 74. And luckily, it was a three-day cut, so he was able to shoot 71 on on Saturday just to pack his Just looking at some stats here, and he's not better than 124th in any strokes gained category on tour. That seems good. No, it's usually a recipe, like consistency. You know, I don't like the guy who hits it well, puts it horribly. I like the guy that just goes out and has no confidence in any part of their game. Um, (laughs) It really makes expectations, expectation management easy. Like, he knows if the fairway's right there, he's probably going to miss it. You know, he knows if the green's right there, well, he's probably going to hit in that bunker. Um, It just keeps expectations. 201st around the green. And 186th putting. He hits it farther than you, though, and he's ranked 214th, hitting at 271 yards. Um, Doug, don't talk to the world record holder at TBC. (laughs) Paul Casey, here's the stat. Paul Casey makes one eagle every six holes. This guy makes one eagle every 594 holes. That's like... He can't even reach up the par fives. But he's actually 36 on birdie average. That's not bad for somebody that can't break 80. (laughs) (laughs) Three yards per birdie. I mean, Jesus. Everyone go Google images. Teddy Teddy P. Jr. And just get that image in your head as he's coming down the fairway. And the player (laughs) strutting his shit on Troy Merritt. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. These stats are abortion. These tips are amazing. 190. How many people are there on tour? Like, if you're a 190th in total strokes gained, like, where does that rank? Well, if we just go on good, decent, and bad, I'm going to probably go with bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I want to know, I, if is it 190 out of 191? Is it 190 out of 300? Like, Well, there's he's 200-something in... Right, it's he's two oh first in something. So like obviously there's it might be it might be one ninetieth out of two oh one. Right. He's gotta be knocking on well so I don't um, I wanna know the answer to this. I know, I'm kind of looking at it, but it's like what's their threshold? How many events do you have to have? You know I mean, what I mean? He's so only like, shot he's only shot eighty twice. So it's not like it's the end of the world. Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> 
But like then he'll win. So like, does he lead the league in, or does he lead the tour in rounds per shooting eighty? <laughs> Charles Hall <laughs> got thirty in the sixties, and uh, well, it's just like okay, so, he, uh, so you know, he's played twenty-two so rounds and he's shot eighty twice. So you know, one out of every ten times he plays golf, he shoots eighty. That's so not like. Great. Would you? He's a walking seventy-six. Would you ask him to come and be a guest in your member guest, or would you rather? You could probably get someone off the high school team. That I mean, his handicap has to be too long. He's probably playing at like a four. <laughs> seventy-six, not seventy-two. A B player. I can take the B player slot. I need an A player. Courtesy to one of my teammates, after he got done playing around. In college, he said, "Man, I am a walking bogey." That is who Teddy P is. Every time I see him on tour, I'm like, "You're a walking bogey." It all started when he like six putted from two feet in that one event. <laughs> Pretty brutal. Like I'm just going into. He did shoot 65 once this year, though. That's pretty good. Like I don't get it. We can't troll him that hard because he like no. Listen, I mean, there's how you can yeah, shoot. He's good at like, golf. He's legitimately good at golf. It's fine, right? Yeah. But like, I mean, these are some brutal stats. So he's 215th in par three scoring. That's not good. He averages bogey. Yeah. <laughs> Told you he's a walking bogey man. <laughs> he doesn't average bogey, but he's above. He's he's over. I, par. He's, he's a bogey. Uh, I mean, this is just, it's kind of funny to look at, right? Because, like, he is on tour. He is, uh, let's see, mm, just in total scoring, he is 191st, right? So, objectively terrible. The yeah. average is 72.3. But, see, that's kind of crazy because like, it's, like, guys that are, like, fourth or, like, 70-something. Right. Like, oh, for sure. Ah, like, sure, right? <laughs> It, it, there really isn't that much difference, and that's what I'm just kind of what's interesting, right? So, like, this guy, he averages 3.2 on par threes, 4.02 on par fours, and he actually averages 4.65 on par fives. 4.6, and that, that, like, to me, it's just like, again, I'm not close to being a tour player, but it's actually just interesting, like, looking at that. Like, you're objectively, yeah. compared to a PGA Tour player, ass. If you almost average par on par threes, almost average par or par on par fours, and you're half a stroke under par on par five, and your ass. Right, and your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's like on these golf courses. You know? Like, it's kind of funny because again, he's 36 in birdie averages. He averages four um, birdies around, right? Right, like, but he follows that up with a double, so it's like, like double, right? I mean, he was even the Sony. It was his T13 finish. That was I was pissed. I put money on him to win, like a long time ago, like a dollar or something. But his odds were so bad, and he was like, I think he was leading or he was tied for the lead. It was something was going on. And then he like four potted from six feet and ended up finishing 13th. It's like, yeah, man, you're just waiting to goof up. Like you just don't have the it factor. It's fine. Well, anyways, you guys now know more about Ted Potter than you ever thought you wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) One dude doesn't have ribs. The other one is a walking (laughs) pokey. I don't know. You guys take your pick. Call in your answers, please. Oh, what a boss. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in once again. uh, If you haven't already, 
hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Write us a review if you like what you're listening to. Uh, appreciate you joining us. William, we'll talk later. Have, Have a good week, guys. See you guys.